This is Le'Veon Bell, back again on 17 Weeks, Week 4. Let's get it. From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the grind of the season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson. You've probably seen me on your TV screen talking about football. I played it for over a decade and had my fair share of interviews, but Uninterrupted didn't exist when I wore pads. That meant guys actually needed the media to share thoughts on the game that we played. But that's changed. Now athletes don't need that filter. They can do it right here on 17 Weeks. By now, you know our guys. In Jacksonville, at least for now, it's our elite cornerback Jalen Ramsey, who just missed his first ever football game. And I mean ever, ever, ever. I missed my first game ever in my NFL career. Wasn't able to go out there and put the product on the field. Out in NYC, we've got our star running back, Le'Veon Bell. Lev was on a bye this week, but he's got some words for Vontez Burfick after the Raiders linebacker delivered another illegal hit. There's been a lot of plays that people don't see where it's been dirty. Lastly, we've got Cole Beasley up in Buffalo. His Bills lost to the Pats in week four. But for Cole, there's so much more to being an NFL player than just wins and losses. You know, being a good dad is the thing I take the most pride in. And I'm really thankful for the Bills because they actually encourage us to bring our family up there anytime. We'll also talk trick plays and how players really feel about Thursday night football. And also, I might share a story or two from my NFL career. This is 17 Weeks. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and Sirius XM Radio. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen to them on demand on Sirius XM and for free on the Pandora app. 17 Weeks is now available on Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show too while you're at it. You feel me? All right, let's get to the show. Let's start in Jacksonville, where congratulations are in order for Jalen Ramsey, who had his second daughter last week. Congrats, fam. But on the field, well, Jalen never actually stepped on it. The Jags defeated the Broncos, but due to a back injury, Jalen missed the very first game of his football career. Here's Jalen on his eventful week and experiencing the Jags dub from the sideline. Got to the stadium pretty Early, I, I always go on the late bus. Usually, I went on the early bus so I could go speak to the team and speak with the doctors again. The decision was made three, four hours before the game that I, I wouldn't play, but I'll still go out there and support him and do everything uh, to be a good teammate. I went 50 games or 51 straight games where I started and played the whole game. Body was banged up, my back being extremely tight and having back issues. It's something I've had to deal with over the course of my NFL career. And at times I've played through extreme pain or not practiced for weeks and tried to go out there and play. And it's something I've dealt with. So wasn't able to go out there and put the product on the field. That would have been beneficial for me or my teammates. Going back to the Thursday night game we had against the Titans, I tweaked it. I was having pretty bad back spasms. Next few days, I was getting treatment dang near around the clock. Then I got sick, had like the day flu or whatever it may have been, the bug that I had for about 24 hours from Sunday through Monday. And that didn't help because, you know, when you get sick and you have a cold and you have a temperature, then you have aches all all around your body. So that that just didn't help at all. That didn't help the cause with my back. Then I was getting treatment or Wednesday night, flew to Nashville so I could be there for the birth of my daughter. 
just never really getting it, being able to rest and recover and, and rehab like I needed to. It put me in a state that couldn't do it, really. It was tough, but it was still good to be out there and support my teammates and see them get a, a big win. Of course, I wish I was out there, but it wasn't a best decision for myself or the team. At the end of the day, that win is all that matters, so they came away with that win. At the time of this recording, Jalen's Week 5 plan status was currently up in the air, and there has been no new updates on his trade demands. However, if you listened to our previous two episodes, and bro, if you haven't, I'm not saying you tripping, I'm saying you tripping, tripping, because it's lit. You better be listening to everything that we do. It's safe to say that Jalen is still holding out hope that things get figured out, and soon. Speaking of holding out, star running back Melvin Gordon's holdout has ended. He's back in L.A. with the Chargers. As you know, Le'Veon Bell, our star running back now with the New York Jets, he held out the entire 2018 NFL season in Pittsburgh. Did Lev ever come close to ending his holdout? Let's find out. It was hard for me to even sit out. It was hard for me to sit out game one, game two, game three. It was hard for me to do that. But I understood that what I was trying to do and what I was trying to prove, not only for myself, but for a lot of the, the rest of the RBs and you know, the NFL and future running backs, you know. So there was definitely times where I wanted to come back. I almost came back, actually. You know, I, I, after that bye week in week eight, I flew to Pittsburgh. I had a f- final conversation when I was on the phone with those guys over there. But the phone call didn't go as planned. The next day, I was supposed to be going into Pittsburgh, the facility and everything, to be signing and everything, but it didn't work out that way. I knew I wasn't going to come back right after the phone call. So we had the phone call. It was me and my agent, you know, the general manager, the head coach. We all on the phone call, and we just trying to get things worked out. I was asking for certain things they wasn't willing to give. Going into the season, I was thinking, man, I got to play before week 10 because if I don't, they're going to be able to tag me again. It's still going to be the second franchise tag because I didn't play on it. But everybody found out that even if I didn't play on the second franchise tag, if they tag me again, it would be the third one. And I knew they wasn't going to tag me again for a third franchise tag. So they made their decision. They was happy with it, where were they at. I was happy where I was at. So ever since then, I've just kind of been looking forward, and so have they. Real quick, let me tell you a story about one of the true OGs that I met my rookie year that had me seeing things different. Truly, truly dropped some gems on me. Big shout out to Greg Beaker. He said, hey, man, try to get as much money as you can. And I just kind of nodded my head like I usually do. He was like, nah, I don't think you get it, Rook. Like, for real, you need to pay attention to what I'm saying. It was for real that that scene from um, Any Given Sunday with Lawrence Taylor and Jamie Foxx in the sauna. So I'm sitting in the sauna. He's like, listen, this is what I'm saying. You get every dollar owed to you plus some. Every last red cent. He took this hand towel, right? And he started squeezing it. And water's coming out of this hand towel. And he keeps going. And there's nothing left in it. And I'm like, all right, I get the point. What are you saying? Like, I should squeeze the NFL for money? Like, that's what you're saying? He was like, nah, I ain't done. He keeps squeezing. And like one last drop came out and hit the floor. And he says, that's your athleticism leaving your body. The NFL is going to squeeze everything out of you. Just like Nipsey said, I'm going for everything that I'm owed. Nothing more, nothing less. You can say whatever you want about Le'Veon Bill, but he stood for something. Let's head to Buffalo where Tom Brady and the Patriots visited our guy Cole Beasley and the Bills. The Pats got the dub, but the Bills D, man, they came to play. And on offense, Cole led the team in every receiving step. It was a tough loss for sure, but Cole, he's staying mostly positive. 
It's kind of a bittersweet deal. Not just because it was the Patriots, but we played so poorly and still had a chance to win. Well, execution-wise, we played poorly. Like We had way too many turnovers, way too many penalties. We gave up a block punt for a touchdown. All those things, and we still had a chance to win it at the end. Uh, we weren't able to do it. you know. And they did a lot of good things. They make it tough on you. They're a good defense, a good team. So, But, I mean, you can't expect to beat anybody with all the mistakes that we made with turnovers. All those things, and watching the whole team not get too down and still fight back. Um, and still keep giving it their everything when everything was going against us. You know, that's that's kind of why after the game they asked me, and I, I told them I would go to war with this team at any time because, you know, you you really find out what people are made of when when bad things happen and, and you know, your back's really against the wall. And uh, I like how everybody responded. You know, I loved it. I loved seeing the guys compete even though it was going that way. You know, if we can we can just get better every week and take care of those things that we're – all those mistakes that we were making – we just keep working hard. I feel like we'll do that. We, we have the chance to be a really good football team. So I'm really excited about the guys that we have. NFL players don't do moral victories, but Frank Gore, he was a bright spot for sure for the Bills in week three. At 36, Gore still out there doing it at a high level by becoming the fourth running back in NFL history to pass the 15,000 yards mark. You hear me? 15,000. Wow. You know, Frank Gore is one of my favorite people that I've ever played with. Um, he's been doing it for as long as as he's been doing it, and you know the reason he's been doing it so well is because he just he absolutely loves the game. He loves football. I mean, there was a preseason game, and you know some players about preseason they're just like, man, I don't want to play in this game. It's just, I mean, it's preseason it doesn't count. Like all it's gonna good for is getting me hurt or whatever before the real stuff even starts. But I remember the first preseason game, he was like, how much how much you playing? I was like, I think I'm playing a, about a quarter. I was like, I'll just go out here and just. I was like, just ball right quick and then get out. He was like, yeah, man. He was like, let's do it. He like, he was so pumped up that he was like, he was about to play in this preseason game. He was so ready for football, and you you can just tell he loves it so much. And, and just watching him run in the game, he runs so tough. He runs so hard. Um, he's patient. I mean, you see why he's been a good back for so long. And then to still be doing it at the ages he's doing it is incredible, man. And he takes care of his body. He's one of the first people at the facility every day. He works out in the morning right when he gets there. That's important, man. If he if he wasn't doing those things, he wouldn't still be playing right now. I mean, the ones who can stick around for a long time is are the guys who take care of their body. They know what they need to do in the weight room. You have to lift weights and keep your muscles active um, once you start getting older. And when he's not at practice, he's in the training room. And I see him in there all the time. I'll, I'll even see him sleeping in there sometimes, you know, while he's getting stuff. So he finds times to get nap in. Uh, he's, a, he's a true pro, man. And, you know, I've learned a lot just, just kind of watching him. Uh, day in and day out in his approach. I'm really glad I've got to spend this time with him this year, this short time. It's been awesome. Final note from the New England-Buffalo game was the injury to Josh Allen. The Bills quarterback had to leave the game early due to a concussion after a big hit by Pat's DB, Jonathan Jones. Here's Cole on Josh's status in that hit, which many fans and players thought was a dirty play. Josh took that big hit at the game. I talked to him after the game, and he was feeling okay. And I talked to him today as well, and he said he was feeling really good, so... You know, hopefully it'll be a quick turnaround. Hopefully it's it's not too bad. You no, know, we need him out there. Uh, you hate to see a guy, you know, take a shot to the head. Uh, that's one of the scariest parts of our game. You don't want to mess with the brain, man. So I know our training staff is doing what they they feel is best for him, and I just hope he can he can uh, take his time, but hopefully not take his time and get out there soon as well. I mean, I don't think the guy who hit Josh was really trying to just hurt him like that. You know, that's more one where they were just playing football. You know, it was a third down play where Josh was trying to get the first down. He was trying to be a playmaker. 
and the dude didn't go in. I don't think it was helmet to helmet. I mean, from what I saw, he he hit him with his shoulder. But Josh started kind of lean forward trying to get that first down. You know, it's that's happened to me a lot of times when I when I've done that too. So nobody's really gonna throw a flag when that happens. So that's kind of a risk that's involved with a guy that can run and a guy that uh, is gonna lay his body on the line for his team. And that's that's part of why we love Josh. You know, because he plays that way. We just got to try to protect him more, and we got to do a better job of getting open early for him. So he can get the ball out instead of having to do that. And we can we can take those hits and get those first downs. Now, the ref said that the hit on Josh Allen was clean. Now, I'm not going to call it dirty, but I won't call it clean either. On the flip side, Raiders' Vontez Burfick's hit on Jack Doyle was not. As a result, the Raiders linebacker, who has a history of being flagged, by the way, was suspended for an entire year. Was that too harsh of a penalty? I say so. But let's hear from our guys, starting with Jalen. It's tough, man, in, this, in the game. Uh, it's tough because pad levels change so much. Guys duck, guys jump. You know, you have a target that you want to aim for, and then it, it changes in an instant. Like, uh, the game is played fast. It's not played in slow-mo. Like, they try to slow it down on TV. And if the game was played in slow-mo like that, and we could slow everything down frame by frame, then it would be all perfect hits. We would be able to hit our target every time. It's tough, and maybe that's why we see more missed tackles nowadays because guys are kind of arm tackling and guys are scared to get penalties and hurt their team or get kicked out of games and get suspended, whatever the case may be. It is definitely something that has affected the game over the, a few few years, a few seasons of these rule changes. Man, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody comes in to these games with the intention of, yeah, I'm trying to hurt this person or, or I'm trying to injure this person rather. Because football is a violent sport, so you do go out there and you try to give it to all, but you don't try to injure anybody. Being hurt and injured, that's two different things. As far as the suspension, I do think it's harsh. Full year suspension, we're only in going to, what, week five now? And suspended for the rest of the year on that hit, I think it's harsh. I guess the NFL felt the need to do that just because of his history of hits hits like this. As a defender himself, it's understandable why Jalen is giving Vontez the benefit of the doubt. But what about Lev, though? The hit that he did against the Colts, uh, tight end, it didn't surprise me. I mean, that's like typical things that he'll do. You got to just play football. You can be violent. You know, you can have good, clean hits. You know, that's what I try to do. I mean, when I play, you know, every time somebody blitz me, I want to smack them in their mouth so crazy. But it's like, I want to be clean about it. You know, I'm not going to try to hit somebody dirty and try to hurt them. And it's like certain fine line you really can't cross. And I feel like he kind of finds it every game. It's like unbelievable. The league did what it did. I'm glad they're finally trying to bite down on things like that because we, we don't want dirty players in the league. Obviously, you don't want you know, guys to not be able to provide for their family. It's not like I don't want him on the field, but I just want him to play clean, you know. And if he's not playing clean, then other guys can't really provide for their families because they're hurt. You see, there's a backstory between Lev and Vontez Burfick, which dates back to 2015. In the prime of his career, Lev lost half a season after suffering a knee injury due to a Vontez Burfick tackle. Now, here's Lev keeping it, let's just say, all the way real about how he feels about that injury and Vontez. Yeah, I've played Vontez Burfick numerous times, and... There's been a lot of plays that people don't see where it's been dirty. He had a, a bunch of bunch of dirty things on me, but in 2015, the one that kind of hurt me on the sideline, he didn't have to do that, and it kind of like changed my my life. I feel like in 2015, it was really like I was on the verge of kind of having like my best football year. At that time, I was like in the best shape of my life. 
you know, I was just doing everything right. So then when I got when I got hurt, they just kind of like set me back, and I kind of went into this, like, I don't want to say depression, but it was something close to it just because of the fact that, like, I wasn't able to play football and I was hurt, and it was so hard. It, it was, like, literally the hardest thing ever for me to come back from the knee injury. You know, because don't get me wrong, knee injuries happen. But it shouldn't be like a guy trying to pull you down and wrap their legs around you and, and pull you back to really fold your leg up. Like, it shouldn't be like that. So I, I went through that time, and it was hard. It was tough. But at the same time, it made me work, and it really made me prove to myself that I wanted to play this game of football badly at a high level, so I was able to work hard and just get back to it. And, and I just showed myself that, like, man, if I can come back from that knee injury, I know I can do this. I know I can do that. Appreciate Lev sharing that story right here on 17 Weeks. Yes, the NFL is a violent sport, and we all know what we're signing up for, but we're still human, and rehab can be tough. I've had my fair share of injuries, and I'll share those stories a little later in the season. But let's kick it over to Cole for his thoughts on Burfecht and what it's like to recover from a concussion. You know, there's some hits in the NFL that they give him headshots that aren't avoidable. But a lot of his have been situations where he could have done it differently. He just chose not to. And I'm all with football being football, and it's a violent game, and that's how players play. But a lot of his have been, you know, kind of reckless and just kind of over the top and I think that's why because of his reputation and why he got hit so hard with this suspension but like you know what you sign up for football's football but uh, I just feel like some of his could have been avoided I mean you gotta you gotta have some type of self-control and it seems like he doesn't that's a that's a scary thing a little bit last Thursday the Packers Eagles game went down to the wire maybe the best Thursday night game of the season so far this Thursday it's Rams Seahawks another good one but Rams running back Todd Gurley once called Thursday Night Football the dumbest thing ever. Damn, Todd, tell us how you really feel. What do our guys think, though? Let's find out real quick. What's up, Lev? It's a quick turnaround. It's tough, especially for Todd because he's a running back, so I know exactly how he feels. He'll get the ball 20 times, and they got to turn around and play another game in three days, four days, something like that. So trust me, I know how it feels. I wouldn't necessarily say it's stupid just because of the fact that, okay, after that Thursday game, I'm going to have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. It's like pros and cons to it, you know? Even like when you play a Monday night game, it's like you don't have as much recovery as the next team. I wouldn't necessarily say it was stupid. I just think, you know, it's pros and cons to it. It's tough. It's definitely a tough turnaround. But, you know, it is what it is. Let's get Cole in here. It's almost like it's more important to recover than it is to prepare for the actual team. I can't stand the Thursday night football games either. It's it's especially after a Sunday night game. That is not enough time to recover, dude. I've had weeks where I didn't even practice till Thursday, you know, just because my body was so beat up from the previous week before because there's a lot of knickknack injuries that you have. And it's hard to overcome those injuries in uh, such a short time. And you really can't play your best football and put your best foot forward that week because it's too short of a time to recover. And you really can't even, you really don't even practice it when you have a Thursday game. You kind of walk through everything and it's it's really hard to prepare, but both teams have to do that and it's hard for both of them. So I guess it's an even playing field, but I feel like with not that much time to recover, guys are more prone to being uh, injured or having more injuries after that when you can't recover. I mean, I don't agree with it, but it's something you got to do. The NFL's going to do their thing and we got to do with what we're given. Jalen. Your thoughts? Man, I agree with most players on Thursday Night Football. Most players are not fans of Thursday Night Football. But trying to play devil's advocate, the pros of it, it brings in more revenue for teams who don't get a lot of primetime games, i.e. the Jags. Two weeks ago, that was their the only primetime TV game. You get to have all eyes on you. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for the, for the players. It's tough on preparation, getting ready for that game. I'm not a huge fan of it either, to be honest. How do I feel about Thursday night? <laughs> I actually like Thursday nights. 
here's the thing. If you didn't play well the previous weekend, the sooner you can get back on the field, the better. So I always wanted to play. Say my Sunday game was all right. I had four or five catches, 60, 70 yards. I'm ready to rock. Like, I want to get back on the field. I want to go put up a buck 50 against somebody. Now, if I was cooking in that Sunday game, it's like being a shooter in the NBA. Put me back in, coach. Like, I need to let these threes go. So that's how I felt. If I was hot, I want to get back on the field because I'm in a zone. I can't wait to play football again. You know how good your weekend is? You get to chill. You don't have to practice. Go get a little hot tub, cold tub. Talk to the trainers if you need to. Maybe watch a little film. Maybe. But then the weekend is all yours. And you get to watch football and not be stressed out. So I love me some Thursday night football. Speaking of the schedule, Lev was on a bye in week four. So like the rest of us, he was watching the Chiefs-Lions game when Travis Kelsey and LaShawn McCoy had a little trickeration. Mahomes in trouble, throws back across his body. Oh, and a flip to McCoy from Kelsey. Look at this. McCoy in the open field. That was sick. Inside the 15. Barnum and Bailey from the Kansas City Chiefs. What did Travis Kelsey tell you and I before the game, Kevin? We're just out here. We have fun every day when we play. You can kind of tell he uh, he got a little basketball background in him. Because it's just crazy how aware he was when he caught the ball. All right, let me go back. You can tell it's not a design hook and ladder. It's not designed because you see Shady McCoy, he runs like a flare route is what we call. So he kind of like in the backfield and he runs a route towards the sideline. He gets bumped by a defender. So he just ended up trying to like make the guy miss and then go downfield just to try to get open. And Patrick Mahomes just makes a play because he sees uh, Travis Kelsey throws in the ball kind of high. And what's, what blew my mind is because Travis Kelsey must have already seen Shady McCoy running towards him or kind of like moving towards that direction. And he felt the defender on his back. So when he went up and caught the ball, he instantly like flipped the ball to Shady. And it's such a, a play to just show how how aware you know, Travis Kelsey is and how unselfish he is, you know, because I don't think he gets any of those yards. You know, it's like all those yards go to Shady. You know, he, he literally did that for the team just how to get more yards. And it's a gutsy play, you know, because what if Shady not ready for it? Even Shady, the fact that he's ready for it, it's like that's great play on both of those guys. And I love what they said after the game is they said they was out there just having fun. That's exactly what football is. It's fun. And, you know, watching that play, just the fact that he's able to do that, you can definitely tell Patrick Mahomes got a hooping background about him. He throws no-look passes from the quarterback position. So it's like, you know those guys play basketball. You can just kind of see it. It wasn't just Kelsey and the Chiefs who drew up a play crazy enough to get guys talking across the league. OBJ blew some minds this weekend in Baltimore as well. Double reverse, triple reverse. Beckham looking to throw the ball. All the way downfield, incomplete at the five-yard line. Odell Beckham Jr. watches, throws it off of one foot. This should have been caught. It's probably one of the most impressive incomplete passes in NFL history. Jalen had this to say. I mean, is anybody ever shocked at anything that Odell does nowadays? I mean, he's an elite athlete. He probably can do any or everything that he puts his mind to. They got a couple guys on their team, though, who can make plays like that, who can throw the ball nicely. I know Jarvis has thrown touchdown passes, and then you look around the league and you uh, see Sanu. He's done it in his past. And, but, of course, Odell being one of the faces of the NFL, it was, it's been blown up a little bit more the way he was elusive in that pocket and then launched it down the field. It was a dope play, man. Lev, what you think? Odell bombed that ball. Like Well, first, when he, he got the reverse and he had pressure, so – 
him just being the athlete that he is, he kind of like escapes the pressure. He like splits two defenders and then launches the ball in a rope. Odell is really the, one of the most talented people I've ever really seen in my life. Like he like can kick soccer balls and like, you know what I'm saying? Like how do you kick a soccer ball so perfect? You can throw a football forever. You know what I'm saying? He be dunking the basketballs. It's like, what can he do? He be hitting baseballs. I feel like when does he have time to do all this stuff? Like <laughs> how is he so good at everything? But yeah, that, that him launching that ball like that, that was crazy. That was unbelievable. We already knew Odell had hands for days, but we know now that he got an arm, too. It kind of makes you wonder, though, who's the best passer in the league that's not a quarterback? Let's see what the guys think. Cole's up first. Everybody's seen the videos and know OBJ's a great athlete. He's probably one of the one of the best uh, guys at receiver to I can throw a football downfield. I've seen a few guys. Uh, we actually threw one, too, this week. Uh, John Brown threw a pass, too. That was a pretty good throw to, to our running back, TJ Yeldon, as well. I've actually thrown I've thrown two passes in my career, and I'm, I think, only two, and I'm 0 for 2. So I don't have a very good QB rating right now. i gotta, I got to get better. Uh, I threw one to Dak. Yeah, there was a defender on him that was that was tough. That was incomplete, and I threw one to Terrence Williams that I I overthrew a little bit. Uh, got a little too fired up and didn't know my own strength and chunked it downfield like the Hulk. So no interceptions. I'm taking care of the rock. It's ours or nobody's. <laughs> Lev chimes in on the topic. If I had to pick three guys that didn't play quarterback to play the quarterback position in the NFL, this would be the order. I'll put me at three. Yeah, I would put like Tyson Hill in front of me, but I think. He's listed as a quarterback, so I'm still at three. <laughs> then second, I'll put Odell at second. And first is probably, people don't even know. Actually, people got to know. But Muhammad Sanu, I'll put Muhammad Sanu first because I think he's like four for four with four touchdowns. So it's like he got the stats to back it up. That would be the order for real <laughs> that I'll go with. Jalen, what do you think? Number one got to be Muhammad Sanu, right? He's had a history of being able to throw the ball and, and do his thing. Then Jarvis Landry. Then, yeah, Odell. I guess Jarvis and Odell. I'll put them two and three. But then could you put Taysom Hill in there? I mean, I know he's technically a quarterback on the on the Saints roster, but he played running back, tight end, he, special teams. He played all the positions. I think that's dope, the way he does. It's a dope position. It's rare, to be honest, that you have a guy who can do all of that and especially, like, actually play quarterback while doing all of that as well. That's super dope. Jalen chimed in to make sure we didn't forget about one guy on the Jag squad that could be a do-it-all utility guy and make plays the same way Taysom does. The Jags do have one, me. If they need me to play quarterback, I can do it. If they need me to play running back, I can do it. I can do whatever I can do whatever they need me to do. I can play receiver. I can I can play I can play any position, man. I could be I could be the Taysom Hill or the, uh, or the Jaguars, man. I could do that. Man, actually my dream position was defensive end, like a Yannick, Von Miller who just got 100 sacks. Of his career, Bradley Chubb, Dante Fowler, who was, you know, one of my former teammates, like seeing him out there doing his thing. Bradley Chubb type. That's the like a stand-up defense end, a, a pass rusher. That's that's my dream position. I think it's cool being able to rush the quarterback, get sacked, strip fumbles, sack fumbles, whatever, sack dances, all that. I never got that big, never was able to do that. So I'm a DB. All jokes aside, as someone who was once the backup plan to the backup plan in Detroit, playing QB in the NFL is no laughing matter. Cornerback isn't any easier, especially if you're one of the best like Jalen Ramsey. The competitive grit needed to man the position oftentimes has media portraying elite corners as rivals. But Jalen's a student of the game. He's got mad respect for Richard Sherman and the rest of his counterparts around the league. 
he a legend in the game. I think he's elite. He's uh he's done it year after year. That doesn't happen by accident. That happens with a lot of hard work, confidence to put up the numbers that he's put up in his career is elite. And it's, you know, something that I definitely respect as a corner. And probably every corner in this game can only but respect that. I think too many times people hate while the guys out there giving it they all and while the guys out there being great, and then later down the line, when the guy retires, then they want to, oh, yeah, he he was good. He was good. Like, no, nah, just enjoy the greatness while he's still doing it. Kind of like when, when I think of LeBron, I see that all the time. Like, people want to hate. People want to have something to say. It's like, yo, enjoy this man's greatness while he's still doing it. Because when he done, when he retires, then y'all going to all be on his job talking about, yeah, he was good. He did this. He did that. Man, enjoy the greatness while it's, it's happening right now in front of your face. I don't look at other guys as a, as a threat or as as my competition. You know, I'm a football fan, even though I'm a player. So I like watching defensive backs. I like watching their game and see what they do. I'm a fan of the, of the young corners like myself, the Marshawn Lattimore's. The, I like Darius Slay. I like, of course, Casey Hayward. Denzel Ward. Jair Alexander. He a baller. Stephon Gilmore. I like watching them play. Of course, I'm confident. Think I'm the best in the game. If you don't think you're the best in the game, then really what you doing it for? So I've never really been into that. Like, I don't feel that it's competition. Um, to be honest with you, we all trying to meet at the top. There's room at the top, honestly. I'll be real with y'all. I love hosting this show, but I love listening to it, too. Because it's refreshing to hear NFL players speak so candidly like Jalen just did. Before we get to the show's final segment, we have one more moment of true honesty. This time from Cole Beasley in Buffalo, who opens up about being a father while being in the NFL. You know, being a good dad is the thing I take the most pride in. I was home. It was my off day today. I spent the morning with my youngest and then my uh, my two-year-old. I actually brought them to the facility with me today. So I have to go in for treatment and stuff. And you know, I'm really thankful for the bills because they actually encourage us to bring our family up there anytime. They're like, this is your facility. So I brought them up there. We ate breakfast together in the cafeteria. And they kind of just hung out and played around in the indoor and hung out with me while I did treatment with the trainers. So I want to spend as much time as I can with my family and be fair because I'm gone so much during the season they they don't see me so mama's mama's taking care of everybody while i'm gone at work and you know that's why we're so appreciative of our wives they're doing the hard stuff with the kids and help molding these these kids all day while i'm at work and and playing the game i love and the hardest part is just balancing everything you're dealing with stuff at at work all day and you're tired when you get home it's almost like you got to reset and flip a you got to flip a switch to play football but then i got to flip a switch when i come home and and be dad, it's hard for me to say which one's harder, the NFL or the kids. Probably the kids, because you never know if you're doing the right thing or not. And you never really know how you how you do until they're grown up. <laughs> so it's like it's almost like it's trial and error. I'm seeing what works here and you hope you're doing a good job, but I just try to be a good dude and a good person and show them how to be. And it's tough, man. How I approach each day, I think about it like how would I want my kids to approach it? And I just want to show them the right way to approach everything, each play, going to work, doing what needs to be done, how to fight through things because, I mean, that's what life is. And I actually gave Ace a pep talk the other day going to school because he went to the game and he was super tired when he woke up. He had school the next day and he was, and you could tell he was a little emotional and he was, he was tired. But I was like, these are the days where we find out what we're made of. When the days we don't feel our best, you know, we still kind of grind through it and, and fight through and do the things that we have to do because they're important. School is important. So, Um, We still have to do those things. 
uh, he did a good job. I was proud of him. So he fought through and, and got a sticker and didn't get any magnets taken away. That's kind of the deal they do at school. So that's really what it is for me, man. That's what I live for. I live for being a good dad and, and watching my kids grow. It's nice to hear these guys talk about life off the field. Because let's call it what it is. These guys are superheroes to the masses. But there is nobody, and I'll say this again, nobody more important than your family. Cole Beasley, I love that. Jalen, congrats on your second. And the fact that these guys are so active in their kids' lives, that's what it's all about. I'll keep it real with y'all, because at this point, we family. Like, when I was young and I was out there getting money, making millions of dollars, I thought to myself, I just got to bring the gold home to the castle. I was a great father. I was there, showed up at events. But there was times I would show up and I was just a ghost because I was so tired. I'd given so much to the field. And I just thought, oh, my kids are young. They'll understand. They'll be good. The wife gets it. Like, I'm sacrificing everything so we can set up our family. But then when you have conversations with your kids as they get older, and then you ask them, what was it like when daddy was in the league? And they're like, well, you know, it was fun. The games were fun. But it was tough when you were injured. It was tough when you would lose because you weren't as fun. You didn't talk as much. And, you know, you think that they don't see all that stuff. You know, if I come home and I'm in a bad mood and I just don't want to talk or I just kind of disconnect for a second because I'm frustrated with the ups and downs of professional football, they'll understand. They'll get it, which they do. Your dad, they're always going to let you ride. They're always going to let you slide. But my encouragement to all of you guys that are out there, and this isn't just for football players. This is for parents in general. Life is going to be tough. There's going to be moments that will exhaust you, that will have you questioning why. Why am I working so hard? And the only answer is sitting at home. At 38, I have a 15-year-old, 13-year-old, and a 9-year-old. Shout out to little Nate, Nehemiah, and Mia Pearl. Beautiful wife of Toya. No matter what happens in life, I go home to my answer. And that's my kids and my wife. And it just makes everything better. So to all you players out there, all you athletes, to all you new parents, if you have something so precious as a child waiting on you when you get home, just let everything go once you walk in that door because there's nothing better for real for real as always let's wrap the show with a new edition of quick outs where our guys discuss off the field passions hobbies and whatever else makes them more than athletes first up here's lev talking about his bye week and also providing an update on his quarterback sam darnold sam walking around the building to be honest, I'm hoping he plays, but there's still no no word out. And don't nobody want him to play as bad as I do. I'm ready for Sam to be back in the huddle, calling the plays, just throwing me the ball. I can't wait. As soon as I get word, trust me, I'm going to be the first person letting everybody know he's playing. <laughs> you know, after this bye week, um, I feel pretty good. I mean, I wish it didn't go by so quick. <laughs> but that, that's definitely why it's called a bye week, because it go by real quick. <laughs> nah, for real, um, gave us all opportunity for real to get our bodies right, kind of get away from football, just physically and mentally. Um, I went home. I'm to Columbus, Ohio. I spent a lot of time with my family. You know, I did a couple workouts and tried to break a little sweat. I mean, another part of my workout was carrying my son around. <laughs> For real, he had a big boy, you know, and I had a good time, you know. It was some good family time. Being back in the building felt good today. Seeing all my guys and my teammates, so I'm ready to get back to work. Finally, we'll hear from Jalen and then Cole with two very different takes on food and nutrition. I have a diet during the season, definitely that's way more strict than my off-season diet. Uh, I try to eat healthy and remain healthy as best as I can. Eat healthy, work out, treat my body right. You know, now now I eat kale, I eat spinach, I eat asparagus. I, I, I do eat greens now. Still don't eat salads at all. That tastes like grass to me, so I still don't eat salads. But I eat a lot of vegetables now that probably I wouldn't have 
in the past. I've been eating a lot of sea bass and other type of fish as well, snapper. I do natural juices, of course, uh, even beet juice. That's good for you and that's disgusting, but you know, from time to time, I have some beet juice or something. I've acquired a taste bud for all of this and it's, uh, I know it's good for me, so I'm rocking with it. I'm actually a huge ice cream guy. There's a place called Anderson's uh, up here in Buffalo and I probably Postmate or DoorDash it like every other day. My nutritionist would probably be very upset, but ice cream's not gonna hurt me because I don't I mean, dude, I can eat anything and not gain weight. It's been a problem for me my entire career. My go-to from Anderson's, I'll get the mix that's um, vanilla and chocolate mixed together, and then I'll get Oreo cookies put in my, my cup, and uh, that's what I get every time. Um, we had a babysitter today with the kids while my oldest was at school, and we just laid in the bed, ate candy bars, and watched Netflix. Dude, it was like the best thing ever. I hope you enjoyed this episode of 17 Weeks. The show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. You can listen on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also now available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified every time we drop an episode, which is Thursday. And if you like it, come on, man. Do what you do best. Share it with your friends. Spread the love. Share the show. You know how it goes. I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co-hosts, Le'Veon Bell, Jalen Ramsey, and Cole Beasley. This show is produced by Gabe Goodwin, Ben Redmond, Mike Midas, and Matt Ford. Sound design and music by Steve Porter. Our executive producer is TD St. Matthew Daniel for Uninterrupted. Special shout out on this episode to LeBron, Maverick, and the entire Uninterrupted team for helping make Senate Bill 206 happen. Compensation and representation for student-athletes. Hey, Brian, Brian, and Matt, can you get some of my back pay from college? I was at the University of Nevada from 1999 to about 2002, 2003. All right, I'm going to holler at you. Hit me up on my DM. Shoot me that check. You know what I'm saying? And, Brian, if you just want to get the check now, send it to me, and then I'll care for you. We'll talk off, we'll talk off here. Anyway, that's major, though. Till next time, we out.